From Steel Valley Media, this is the Frosty Podcast. The Fortune 500 is the iconic list of large companies in this country. When you've made the Fortune 500, you know you've made the big time. It's a measure of prestige. It says they're big enough to play with the big boys. Welcome back to another episode of the Frosty Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Frost. With me, as always, Coach Tony Perenni. Tony, week one in the books, week two coming up. What do you think of week one? Oh, it was it was really, really good to get some football back going. And uh, uh, got, a, got a win on my side. There were some really riveting games in our league. Um, I mean, not just in our league, but uh, did you catch out that catch that Monday night game? Uh, Texans and uh, Saints. What a, what a nail-biter that was, and that had major fantasy implications in our league as well. So, yeah, it, it was big. Yeah, very exciting week of football. Uh, not so much for the Browns, though, Tony. Uh, rough showing. What did you think of the of the Browns and lack of discipline? Uh, it was it was rough, and definitely got chalked it up to coaching. I, I think the team was a little too amped up. Um, you know, I like to use the – I like to use the analogy of back when I was coaching uh, at Bowling Green, we would always get way too amped up for the Toledo game and we could never beat them because the entire first half, we just spent time making our own mistakes and playing way too tight and weren't loose until the second half. And um, I think in this instance, the team came out way too tight. Um, You know, they're, I think they've been reading their press clippings a little bit and I'm thinking, Maybe this may have been a good thing for them to come out and get their ass kicked week one, get a, get a reality checked, you know, that nobody's bowing down and uh, just laying over for you week in, week out. You're going to have to earn that position as a as a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, nothing like a little piece of humble pie to uh, bring things back in perspective, huh? Well deserved. All right, Tony, let's get into it. Opening bell presented by Dunder Mifflin Paper Company Incorporated. Tony, big news coming out right now. This is Tuesday night. We're recording this piece. We're going to record the second half of this podcast on Wednesday night. Uh, But breaking news here. uh, There's a lawsuit that has just been filed today accusing Antonio Brown of three separate incidences of sexual assault between 2017 and 2018. More is likely to come out here soon. The Patriots have not responded. The NFL has not responded. And other than adamantly denying it, Brown and team have not responded. Uh, But Tony, uh, certainly uh, major implications for the Patriots, major implications for fantasy. And I certainly don't want to lose sight of uh, if these allegations are true, definitely a very a very sad and tragic story here uh, for the for the woman involved. Yeah, this is this is not what you like to hear. Um, this Antonio Brown news has been coming out this offseason faster than we can record it. Literally, um, I mean, we need to, we need to take a step back here. Um, you know, we we were recording a couple of days ago for the week one podcast, and we're discussing. Uh, the, the conundrum that the Raiders were in dealing with him. Um, we recorded that morning. And by the time, you know, you had this thing up and posted in a couple hours. And by the time it was posted, he was already cut and was only two hours away from signing with the new England Patriots. Um, news comes out that 
He hired a social media consulting firm to help him figure out how to get out of Oakland and get out of that contract and, and break it so that he could go to New England. Um, and then, and then this news comes out. Um, I have to think Antonio Brown is public enemy number one in the NFL's crosshairs right now. It would not surprise me one bit if they throw him on the commissioner's exempt list immediately and he stays there for a while while this plays out. Um, as their means, now they have means to punish him for what he was doing. They have means to punish the Patriots. And obviously these allegations are very serious. And it sounds like uh, there's some real proof to it coming out in some of the documents in the lawsuit. So um, he has a bit of a checkered past uh, with the law as it is. Um, definitely not going to get the benefit of the doubt on this one. So um, if we look at the fantasy implications of it, uh, Dave uh, has to keep his head on a swivel here for all these twists and turns. Uh, looked like he was losing him. Didn't know for how long, and within a couple hours, he's with the Patriots, and looks like he's going to be catching balls from Tom Brady as early as this week. And now uh, you find yourself back in that question mark territory where you don't know if you can trust him at all to play for you this season. Yeah, and I have to imagine, you know, like you said, Antonio Brown essentially at this point public enemy number one by the NFL, and, and, and deservedly so. The NFL has has really taken on a lot of criticism over the last few years of the way they're handling these domestic domestic disputes, the way they're handling these assaults, uh, and you know if the NFL is looking to change that narrative, uh, Antonio Brown is a guy to make an example out of. You know nobody's bigger than the league, nobody's bigger than the law, and I, I could see the book being thrown at Antonio Brown. And I don't think too many people are going to rush to his defense. So would it surprise you if by the time we finish recording this podcast Wednesday night, that he's already on the commissioner exempt list? I would imagine that. Yeah. I, you know, and, and they, a lot, I don't know. They might sit back and let some of this run its course, but I have to imagine. Yeah. I, I think if I had to bet, by the time we end this podcast tomorrow, we're reporting that he's on the exempt list. Uh, if not, the Patriots have just gone ahead and cut him. Um, and he's on the exempt list. So we'll see. But uh, certainly uh, a story to keep your eye on. This seems like it has some teeth to it. We have the text messages and the lawsuit and that. So it it definitely looks like a, a situation that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, Dave's going to have to stay in limbo here for a little bit longer and uh, might find himself back in the market looking for a, a, some receiver help out there. Luckily, um, you know, the receiver who took Antonio Brown's place, Tyrell Williams, had a pretty good day for him. Yeah, and so if we jump, go ahead and jump into the games from this past week, uh, you know, unfortunately not enough to for Dave to overcome Coach Kevin Hulick. Uh, who Hewlett beat Dave 162.4 to 134.3. Tyrell Williams coming in with 22.5 of the points for Dave, but Jameis Winston kind of laying an egg there for him at 7.1. On the flip side of that, DeAndre Hopkins uh, had a great day for Kevin at, at over 31 points. 
Um, it was able to overcome the Jags dropping negative eight uh, to go ahead and beat Dave in that game. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, he put up 160 plus points and and with the Jags laying that egg with negative points there, it would have been even higher than that. And just don't don't forget how much we hammered Kevin in the last episode here, our draft review for having a rough draft. And then his boys come out and put put up one of the highest point showings of the week. Um, just kind of kind of showing us that there was some hidden talent there and maybe maybe his squad will be a force to be reckoned with josh jacobs looked pretty good at, at running back uh probably taking antonio brown out of the equation for that offense probably helps josh jacobs quite a bit uh deandre hopkins is deandre hopkins that that guy is a machine um and and he got a Kevin got a big day from Evan Ingram as well at tight end who he paid some pretty good money for in the draft, but it looks like he's paying off early for him. So really good opening week for Kevin um, on Dave's side, a uh, bit of a bit of bad luck running into a, an opponent who's putting up points like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, he has Christian McCaffrey. who puts up almost 43. Uh, Carson puts up 24. Williams puts up 22 and a half. You know, Dave didn't have a bad week by any means, uh, to put up 134, you're going to win mo- more often than not in this league. But, uh, yeah, K- Kevin just coming out strong in week one. Um, unfortunately, still using the old team name. But uh, he he showed up. So, you know, he's got his, his head in the right spot there. Yeah, so so we, we referenced at the beginning of the show the, uh, the Monday night game uh, between the Texans and Saints and what a thriller that was. Um, but all eyes also had to be on the fantasy matchup, uh, our matchup of the week between Kalen King and Steve Groover. Um, at one point, Coach King's uh, boys were 0.4 points away from tying up Steve. And then De- Deshaun Watson goes and throws another big touchdown pass and puts him back down for the count finally. Um, the, the championship rematch really lived up to the billing. What did you think on that one? Yeah, I mean, just a thrilling game watching it the whole way through, you know, and and in those last minute times, you know, I think touchdowns are just as likely as interceptions as, as, you know, the quarterbacks are trying to force the ball into places. So, you know, if he would have gotten an interception out of that, it would have been game over the other way. Um, But certainly, you know, Kalen's squad came out strong. Mac 25, uh, Matt Ryan had a great game and Williams. Uh, who we were talking about, you know, just the guy put up almost 20. But, you know, Lamar Jackson having a hell of a game at 33-6, you know, and, and getting to see Hollywood Brown, uh, currently a free agent, really getting to see what he can do. Uh, but with Dalvin Cook at 26, uh, you know, those two guys really carried Steve to the victory here. But I think the important thing to talk about is we've, as we've pointed out that Steve going for the three-peat you know, there's most of the teams in this league, over half, would have beat Steve if the matchup was different. Uh, Tony, you could have beat him. Joe would have beat him. Uh, Vince, Tim, Kevin, Dave, all could have beat Steve. So Steve certainly not not untouchable. You know, I think last year we were used to seeing him in the 160s and 170s every week. Uh, 125, a good score, not a great score. Uh, so his reign may be maybe coming to an end and that undefeated streak in serious jeopardy as we move forward. 
Yeah, he's definitely got some vulnerabilities there. Um, you keep in mind, he also s- survived some pretty subpar showings from his two Steelers and Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner. But at the same time, you get that massive day from Lamar Jackson, who I'm sure is going to put up some pretty nice fantasy numbers this season. But he also doesn't get to go against the Miami Dolphins every week. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I don't think there's that much of a difference between Steve's roster and the other rosters in the league this year. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he handles that target on his back here as he goes for the three P and it starts as early as this week where, uh, Joe Reedy's squad was, uh, an unstoppable force in week one and they get to face Steve right off the bat here in week two. Yeah, Joe putting up 175.7 points. Uh, he takes the the head there as the top scorer of the league. Dak Prescott with 33. Derrick Henry with 28.9. Keenan Allen with 26. I mean, just absolutely unstoppable. Tyler Kerr's team put up 100. Not a bad day. Amari uh, Cooper with 22.6. Uh, Woods there was 16.6. And Calvin Ridley was 16.4. Uh, but Joe just coming out monster. Uh, just, I, I, we talked about, we didn't really talk that much about Joe's roster. Uh, he wasn't in one of our, our top ones there, but boy, you know, with the, the Titans coming out strong there and Derek Henry, great showing by coach Reedy. Yeah. And to think that his, his star player, Tyreek Hill, he only got four points from because of an injury and he still put up 170 plus points. And at the same time, if you would have subbed some of the players on his bench in for the starters, they still would have put up that many points because his bench went off too. Is this one of those historically great weeks for Joe Reedy's squad? Uh, Tyler Kerr never stood a chance. Um, didn't put up a lot of points on his own side there. We talked uh, when the schedule came out about what a pivotal week one it was going to be for, for Coach Kerr, but um, he, he he stood no chance. This was a buzzsaw that he ran into, and it really puts the pressure on him for week two to get things turned around because he doesn't want this season to start spiraling out of control like past seasons have. Looking next there, Tony, you had a, a great game. You uh, took down Charlie Thurber, rookie in our league here, 143.5 to 83.6. Charlie, unfortunately, the lowest scorer of the league, not able to break that 100 mark. Uh, Tony Eckler, what a game, man. 39.4 points. Carson Wentz, 25. And, of course, Kamara with almost 24. Yeah, great great week for my guys. Eckler uh, stepping in for Gordon. I'm uh, Gordon can stay out as long as he wants, in my opinion. I'm cool with that. Uh, Kamara didn't even get in the end zone and still put up some pretty good points for me. So I really liked where my team finished there. Uh, Everybody uh, seemed to perform pretty well. Pretty quiet day for Odell Beckham Jr. And he still quietly put up 14 plus points. Uh, Same with Cooper Cup. Really didn't get a lot of touchdowns from the roster outside of Eckler. And they were still managed to uh, turn in some pretty good point totals for me. So I was very satisfied with week one. Um, for Charlie Thurber squad, man, that, that roster, uh, new coach, the roster performed the same way it did last year. Uh, I, I think coach Thurber, a very seasoned fantasy coach here. I think he's going to have to teach this young team how to win. What do you think? Yeah. You know, we talked about the, 
the roster wasn't real solid. Uh, it just, you know, and then, and then you have guys underperforming too. You know, when Justin Tucker's your third top scorer on your team, you're in some trouble there. Uh, you know, Jared Goff underperformed. David Montgomery underperformed. Leonard Fournette underperformed. Mike Evans underperformed. You know, so he wasn't projected to light it up by any means. He, you know, 121, but to only score 83 there. You know, I've I've been in a lot of those games where your team just drastically under underperforms by 40 points, and it's just you know where we talked about Reedy, kind of the perfect storm of of greatness. Thurber, unfortunately, the perfect storm of underperformance. Yeah, I mean, he had David Montgomery going in that that Thursday night game. That was just brutal to watch from a fantasy standpoint. Nobody really scored points in there. Uh, Mike Evans just infected by Jameis Winston's ineptitude in week one uh, that percolated all the way down to Evans' numbers. That's why he only scored four. Um, yeah, I mean, it just some things just happened there. Leonard Fournette kind of gets taken out of the game at that point because the, the team falls so far behind the Chiefs and it becomes a passing game. He's not a pass-catching back. Uh, you know, at his best. So it be, it becomes a very un-Leonard Fournette game for him. So do I think that Charlie's roster is going to put up points like this every week? No, definitely not. They're, they have better days in store. It's just a, a rough uh, introduction to the Fortune 500 league for him. But uh, I, I think better days are ahead for him. And then our last game, Tim Taft getting the narrow victory against Vince Gorgonzola, 129 to 126.9 our closest matchup of the game or of the week rather. And this one was really going back and forth. Uh, but Tim's team narrowly gets that victory. Yeah. Tim came back like a thief in the night on Monday night football and uh, stole away that victory from, from Vince province alley. who thought he had his first win in the fortune 500 league locked up. Um, I mean, I, Tim was down going into Monday night close to 40 points, if not a little over 40 points. Um, and then just gets a, a massive showing from Deshaun Watson and also really good numbers from uh, Darren Waller at tight end in, in Oakland, another player who's benefiting from Antonio Brown not being there. So Tim Taft gets back to his winning ways here in week one is a big showing for him. Um, and, and Vince heading into a big matchup against me next week, uh, which will most likely be our game of the week. Uh, just had a win stolen from him. Yeah, and I mean Vince's team. Vince's team really—they performed like they were supposed to. You know, Patrick Mahomes was projected for just south of twenty and got twenty-seven. Um, Nick Chubb had a little bit of an off day. Saquon Barkley a little bit of an off day. Uh, but for the most part, his team performed as advertised. Projected for one thirty-one, got one twenty-six. Uh, almost 127, but yeah, Tim just coming back out of nowhere. Uh, Deshaun Watson putting up four touchdowns. I mean, that's and that's not going to be an every week thing. So I think, much like how Joe Reedy's team kind of overperformed, I I don't know if we're going to see this every week out of Tim's team. You know, David Johnson had a great week. Also, uh, I I just I think we need to manage expectations on Tim. You know. Uh, I think the overreaction can be, you know, Tim set. This is this is bounce back year. Um, you know, he has a good team, not a great team, but I think they're going to come back down to earth. 
Yeah, the good news for Tim when you look at his roster is that he got next to nothing from Devontae Adams this week, which is definitely not going to be a normal occurrence for him. Um, so if he has some guys on there that probably overperformed what they're normally going to do, but he also has one of his star players who is going to get a lot more points than he got this week on a normal basis. So um, I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to say Tim's back. But I, I think he's got a pretty solid team. He's got a pretty thin bench. So if injuries hit him, uh, he, he could be in trouble. But he's also known to be one of our more active coaches on the waiver wire. So I'm sure as we get into our waiver wire discussion here in a little bit, uh, Tim will probably factor into that greatly. Yeah, you know, Tim's bench combined, Tony, combined, put up 4.6 points. So certainly, like you said, I mean, that is... That is thin, real thin. Uh, Vince Gorgonzola on his bench sat Sammy Watkins, 46.8 points scored. He was projected 10.7. Ooh, that one killer. hurts. That was a killer. <laughs> but at the end of the day, can you blame him? Would, would you have started Sammy Watkins? <laughs> no. I, and when you look at projections, and I'm a big believer in, in the ESPN projections. I know they're they're almost never right, but for the most part, they're close. You know, he started Kenny Galladay, who's projected 14, who got 14. Tyler Lockett projected 12.7, got 11.4. And Sterling Shepard projected 13.9, got 10.2. So he didn't have a bad showing from his receivers, but Sammy Watkins, man – you sitting there watching those games and you see his points just tallying up sitting there on the bench. That hurts. Yep. That's a common theme though, that I heard throughout uh, work and everywhere uh, in the past couple of days though, nobody played Sammy Watkins. <laughs> so almost, almost everybody who has him had him on, on their bench and really got no uh, benefit from him going off like that. But it was, it was fun to see him finally uh, reach his potential there. Um, that is definitely not going to be a normal occurrence for him, even with Tyreek Hill out. But he probably does have a pretty good potential to put up a little more than 10 points a week like he normally would now. And that'll end our opening bell segment. Opening bell presented by the Dunder Mifflin Paper Company Incorporated. Tony, we had some studs this week. And so let's talk about him. The Bunty Soap Blue Chip Fantasy Stud of the Week. Tony, who is your stud of the week? My stud of the week, we got to go with Christian McCaffrey over there on Dave Peston squad, uh, on, on the Super Sack squad. Uh, puts up 42 points. I was at uh, Wild Goose in Willoughby, Ohio for the Browns game, and uh, it seemed like every time I looked up from the bar, to see the the score updates across the bottom of the screen, Christian McCaffrey was scoring again or ripping off another huge run. Uh, he is just a machine right now. Uh, he's picking up right where he left off last year. Uh, he essentially is the offense in Carolina right now uh, until DJ Moore really gets going for them. Um, he yeah he lived up to the hype. Uh, it's, it's just a, a shame that it wasn't able to. Uh, propel the super sack squad to a win this week. Yeah. When you, uh, when you double your projection, that's a, that's a heck of a game. Uh, I'm going to put up Austin Eckler from your team. Uh, Melvin Gordon, who 
Projected 15.9 gets 39.4 and helps push your team to a victory. Uh, great showing there by Austin Eckler. The question, Tony, was that a flash in the pan or is this going to be sustainable performance? Well, I don't know if you can expect 39 points from him every week. That's probably very far-fetched. But in in his history of being the starting running back there, in LA with uh, Melvin Gordon out uh, he has, he has typically been around 15 points or more because he's so efficient and such a good pass catching option. So this being a PPR league um, he can basically get pretty close to his projection just off the pass catching him him on his own. Uh, Justin Jackson really didn't factor into the equation too much. Uh, Austin Eckler is definitely the prime target for them. And I expect that to happen moving forward as well. Um, you know, Phil Rivers knows how to move that offense and knows how to create space for his running backs, both in the running game and the passing game. So it's it's a very fantasy friendly offense for Eckler to be in. Um, and if, if he keeps doing this, then Melvin Gordon losing leverage by the minute. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when we look at the Chargers situation, it looks like he's and you said it before, he, he's not going to have that lightning bolt on his helmet anymore. It's just a matter of where does he go, uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely not good for the the paycheck there for Melvin Gordon. Uh, man, when you can, this this is reminiscent of the Le'Veon Bell situation where James Conner just comes out and goes nuts. Chargers showing we can win without you. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be upset if Eckler ends up carrying the load for them all season. I I know I've gone on record as saying that I think. Gordon eventually gets traded here, especially if he continues to lose leverage like this. The Chargers are just going to, they're not going to get a whole lot for him. Um, and Gordon might have to step down from his demands a little bit, but I still do believe that uh, he's probably played his last game with the lightning bolt on his helmet. Maybe I'm on an Island on my own in thinking that, but um, it just doesn't feel like they're anywhere close. Uh, Chargers publicly stated that they were shutting down negotiations until next year. Um, I don't know if that's just, uh, you know, them posturing a little bit here to try and get some leverage back, but it, it just doesn't feel like either side has any motivation to get that done. Our Bunty Soap Blue Chip Fantasy Stud of the Week. And on the flip side of that, Tony, the Lendl Global Junk Bond of the Week. Lendl Global, we're in everything. Uh, I'm going to put up. Sony Michelle from Tyler Kerr's team projected 11.9 points, scores 1.4. Certainly not doing Tyler Kerr's team any favors there, uh, as Kerr, as we mentioned, fell to Joe Reedy's team. And, and here's the thing Sony Michelle, even if he would have put up 20, uh, it wouldn't have mattered. Ty still would have lost. But, uh, you know, everybody from the Patriots seemed to have scored against the Pittsburgh Steelers, except Sony Michelle. It was not a running game for, for the Patriots. They knew that they could come in and throw on Pittsburgh, and they did it, and they did it with ease. Um, you know, just not a Sony Michelle game at the end of the day. I don't think that this is bad news for Sony moving forward. There's going to be some games where they ride him, and he gets two, three touchdowns, especially as they get down there close to the goal line. But that just, you know... With that, with those Bill Belichick squads, they have a very, very specific game plan every week. Everyone is a snowflake. 
And in this instance, it, it was not a, a snowflake that had any designs in using Sony Michelle. So no help to Tyler Kerr. But as you mentioned, uh, even if Michelle did go off, probably wouldn't have helped him too much. No, definitely not. Tony, who do you think here? I got to go with Jameis Winston here. Um, you know, we, we talked at length this offseason about the, the QB issues that uh, Dave Peston's super sack team has had uh, going back to last season when he rode Matthew Stafford and uh, Jared Goff uh, and seemed like couldn't figure out which one to play on which week. Uh, well, what happened again this, this week? Uh, Tom Brady goes off for 25 points on his bench. Uh, Jameis Winston hangs a lowly uh, eight or nine, I believe. Uh, 7.1. Uh, oh, I gave him too much credit. Seven points. Uh, he was the lowest scoring quarterback of the week uh, in, in a game where Dave definitely could have used some points from his quarterback uh, going up against Kevin's team, which far exceeded their projections. Um, you know, everybody kept saying – uh, Bruce Arians is going to be the guy who can fix Jameis Winston. I know it's only been one game, but it doesn't look like that is off to a smooth start right now. I, I, I know Arians mentioned, I saw a quote from him saying that when he comes into a situation as a veteran quarterback there, sometimes it takes him until week eight to figure out if they're grasping that. Well, if you're Dave, you can't wait till week eight to see if Jameis starts turning it on. No, and so I think if you're Dave, I mean – Tom Brady sat in the, on the bench this week, and I, I don't think that happens anymore. I think Tom Brady becomes a starter there in a hurry. Yeah, it's looking that way. But as we mentioned, just with with, with Sony Michelle there, you know, every game plan is uniquely different for them, and there's going to be some games where they get down to the red zone every time, and they're running the ball in, and Brady puts up uh, eight to ten points rather than the twenty plus. You know, he has he hasn't been the dominant fantasy performer. Uh, the last couple years that he used to be. Now, that had a lot of potential when Antonio Brown was uh, signing with them this weekend, and now it looks like that might be in jeopardy again. So um, if I'm if if I'm him, I'm probably starting Brady too, but just knowing that there's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster of expectations that comes with him. That was our Lendl Global junk bond of the week. Lendl Global. We're in everything. Tony, we talked about the injuries, how we hadn't seen too many of them. Uh, the injuries are here, Tony, and the injuries are real. This is the Medical Minute presented by Sacred Heart Hospital, wellness through diversity. Uh, starting first there with Joe Reedy's team, the injury we talked about a little bit already. Tyreek Hill is going to be out this week with the shoulder injury. Uh, now, it, it appears that he... Uh, has injured the joint basically between the sternum and the clavicle or the collarbone. Uh, the reports were, were nasty coming out, saying that he had been transferred to a hospital, was under the care of an orthopedic trauma surgeon, um, and certainly you know a lot of vital organs in that area that a dislocation or, or a break can, can injure. So I think an abundance of caution there. Tyreek Hill expected to miss some time, definitely not the full season as of now, but certainly we'll have to watch and see how he recovers from that. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think I've heard about three to four weeks on his recovery time, but that'll probably depend on where the Chiefs are. If they're coming out lighting up teams even without him, that might buy him a couple more weeks to really get healthy. Um, going to come down from a uh, from a fantasy owner standpoint is what you think about Nicole Hardman, who they drafted out of Georgia this year. Uh, he is he fits the Tyreek Hill profile of the speedster uh, that they're going to get the ball to at all levels of the field and who can uh, turn a missed tackle into a touchdown at any given time. Got to think you see an uptick in his in his time on the field here with Tyreek out. And I believe he's sitting out there on the waiver wire and projected to go for about 10 points this week. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if somebody makes a run at him. Uh, also from Joe's team, Golden Tate still out with the suspension. Tony, from your team, Mike Williams, questionable with a knee injury. Uh, we'll continue to monitor that situation, but he does look likely to play. Uh, Tim Taft's team, A.J. Green's still out with that ankle injury. Uh, from Steve's team, he's got a couple here. Juju Smith-Schuster, questionable with a toe injury. Now, x-rays are negative, and Coach Mike Tomlin from the Steelers, optimistic that Juju's going to play. Uh, so, monitor situation, but but likely going to be fine there. Uh, also from Groover's team, Joe Mixon, questionable with an ankle. Uh, MRI showed no significant injury, currently listed as day-to-day. From Dave Pesci's team, Kiki Cootie, still questionable with the ankle. May play in week two, but not likely much of an impact, so probably a bench player for Dave. A couple injuries here for Gorgonzola's team. Patrick Mahomes, questionable with a sprained ankle, but not expected to miss time. Sterling Shepard, questionable in the concussion protocol now, probably not going to play. And then Darius Geis. Tony, you sent him over to, to Vince's team. Currently listed as doubtful following a meniscus injury. Now, the official report says he's likely out for week two, but they're targeting possibly being back for week three. Uh, Tony, Vince probably not too happy with you right now. No, and usually this happens when I trade for somebody, not when I trade them away. Um, very surprising to see them get injured as soon as they leave my squad for once. Um, you know, this, this is the risk you had with Darius Geis, you know, the talent is off the charts, but he's coming back from an ACL tear. Uh, you saw how Dalvin cooks 2018 season looked coming back from the ACL tear. Now he looks awesome. He looks like he's at full strength, but that, that year where you're coming back from the ACL tear, we've already seen Jarek McKinnon go back onto injured reserve. He, he failed to come back from it. Uh, Geis, you know, was banged up a little bit in training camp. Uh, looked like they gave him the all clear and it looks like he's still having a little bit of issues with that knee. So this might be something that lingers for a while. Even if he is coming back here and there during the season, every couple of weeks, he might not be fully healthy um, until the end of the season or until 2020 at this point. So um, def- definitely um, there's definitely some risk attached to Darius Geis, just like uh, there is in Cooper Cup on my, on my roster coming back from ACL tear. Anytime you have a guy coming back from that, it's, there's, it can be a little bit risky. Um, in that instance, Chris Thompson sitting out there on the waiver wire, and I, I believe Adrian Peterson probably sitting out there as well. Um, two, two guys that will probably be targets this week for people. From Kalen King's team, uh, Julio Jones, questionable with the wrist, but expected to play. Melvin Gordon out, still with that contract dispute. Tyler Kerr's team, Baker Mayfield, we saw him get hurt a little bit on that one sack. Questionable with the wrist injury, but is expected to play. Practiced uh, and did not have a cast on. 
Uh, also from Tyler Curry's team, Kareem Hunt out still with the suspension. And then Tony, Charlie Thurber, Tevin Coleman still out with an ankle. Uh, he sprained his ankle. So they're calling him out for week two and then week to week after that. Yeah, it might be bad news for Tevin Coleman because he was having a hard time holding off Matt Breida as it was for those starting uh, carries. Um, Breida is going to be starting this week for them, and he might not look back there. Um, might really demote Tevin Coleman from that, that point moving forward. Luckily for Charlie, he has both those players. He had the handcuff built in, so he shouldn't really feel the effects of it to his fantasy roster. And that was the Medical Minute presented by Sacred Heart Hospital wellness through diversity sacred heart hospital so as we mentioned earlier i had a big week one victory this past weekend over the season you know derek what i like to do to celebrate a big victory what's that i like to celebrate with some fireworks and when i need to get my fix the only place i go is down to kicking wing fireworks and veterinary clinic my man kicking wing has been in the business for over 25 years and has grown his pyrotechnic empire from a small stand in the Mojave Desert selling snakes and sparklers to a mecca of 15 warehouses sprinkled across the West Coast. He's got your spleen splitters, your whisker biscuits, honky lighters, cherry bombs, husker do's, husker don'ts, and nipsy dazers with and without the scooter sticks. And as an added perk, Kicking Wing is also a renowned animal doctor, so bring your dog with you. I know I do. Just this weekend, I threw my dog Delilah's leash on her and marched us right down to Kicking Wing to grab some kitty chasers and screaming memes while the pupper got caught up on her shots. You can't get that kind of one-stop shopping everywhere. In fact, head on in to Kicking Wing and mention that you heard about on the Frosty Podcast to get a set of whistling bungholes free with your next round of veterinary services. That's not half off, not 10% off, but free. Can't beat that deal. That's Kicking Wing Fireworks and Veterinary Clinic, your only home for pet care and rocket flares. Next up here on Frosty Podcast, we're going to bring in Coach Joe Reedy on the Frosty Hotline presented by Ollivander's Wand Shop. That's Ollivander's Wand Shop, makers of fine wands since 382 BC. You can find them in Diagon Alley. Coach Joe Reedy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to be here. So, Joe, you had a monster victory last week. Uh, how'd that feel? It it would, felt great. Uh, everybody seemed like everything came together. Uh, I mean, the only uh, the only blot on the week was uh, Tyreek getting hurt early on in the game. Um, but but beyond that, um, everything everybody performed either at or above expectations uh, in, in, in a lot of cases, a lot higher than expected. So you can't ask for much more. Yeah, Joe, we mentioned how crazy it was earlier that your only, only real guy who didn't produce for you ended up being Tyreek because of the injury, your star player. So when the rest of your team goes off like that, it's uh, really a sight to see. You put up 170 points without him. Um, how do you feel moving forward with uh, Hill? It looks like he's going to be sidelined about four to six weeks. Uh, so I, I, I like some of the, uh, guys I have on my bench, uh, particularly, uh, the, the, the Philly contingent. So I went heavy on Philly, um, uh, with, uh, uh, Alshon and, uh, Deshaun, both those guys had, both those guys had huge weeks. Um, I, I'm going to have to make a decision on who I want to play and if I want to play both or, 
what I'm going to have to do next week. But I have a strong bench, uh, I feel, for especially for receivers. So I'll, you know, I'll have to make a decision. But ultimately, I think we'll, I'll, I'll, have, a, I'll have some production. So, Joe, you did the whole week last week, uh, just setting your lineup and everything from Aruba. I'm hearing uh, through the grapevine that we, you, ha- you have some other coaches in the league uh, looking up some trips to get out of the country, hoping that maybe that success you saw would be, uh, you know, reciprocated on their end by doing the same thing. Uh, how was it, you know, picking your lineup and everything from a nice beach destination? You know, I think the uh, I think the positive energy that I was experiencing was it was kind of transitioned to my guys. So, um, you know, I think if somebody can swing it, they should. And uh, you know, we'll see we'll see if there's something to uh, picking picking a lineup in uh, in a beach destination. So, Joe, one thing I'm I'm looking at your roster from last week, and, and you made a, a decision here that was it paid off very well for you. I'm kind of curious your thought process there. So in the tight end spot, you ended up going with Delaney Walker, who's projected for 9.3, ends up scoring 22.5 over David Njoku, who is projected 8.8. You know, a 0.5 difference between the two, essentially a toss up. What ended up having you decide to go with Delaney Walker over Njoku? Uh, it was it was fandom. So if uh, Walker did poorly, it was it more than likely was going to be because the Browns did well. And if he and if he went off, uh, means the Browns were doing so hot. And so it was just I guess I was hedging against my fandom. That's really honestly it was a toss up, and that's what it came down to. Uh, you you head into a big big week two matchup here against Steve. He's carried his winning streak into the new season barely by the skin of his teeth. Uh, how do you feel about your chances of, you know, knocking him off that pedestal finally? Well, uh, I think the projections, um, say, say one thing, I think he, what he's got, he's got me by like eight points. Um, but I, I like, I like the matchup. I think that, um, you know, it's not like, it's not like there's some huge advantage. Uh, he's got, he's got some question marks. I know I'm not really sure the status of Mixon, but, no, overall, I think I think it is going to be a really tight game, and if I can get uh, you know a similar level of production out of some guys, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tight one. Yeah. So Joe Joe Mixon here is listed as no significant injury uh, listed day to day. So we'll see if Mixon ends up playing or not. Um, but certainly, you know, if you guys would have played this week, you would have you would have taken him on and been his first loss in in a long time. Um, I I really. Uh, this is going to be a fun one to watch, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, I, I hope that uh, Steve's and, and his team's performances from last year don't carry over to this year from my perspective, because I'm pretty sure some of the matchups last year had some of his biggest games against me. So hopefully that doesn't continue and, uh, and, and my team can uh, remain strong in week two. Uh, one of the interesting things about this matchup is the Le'Veon Bell versus James Conner matchup. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell obviously coming coming into going against uh, Cleveland here. But, you know, they, they gave up some pretty good running running yards w- against the Titans. Uh, James Conner going up against Seattle. But what do you foresee here? Is, is Le'Veon Bell going to be ready to uh, to take on that James Conner matchup? Uh, I, I think so. I mean, I think Le'Veon being as dynamic a runner and, and, and 
basically, you know, they, they, they use him as a slot receiver at times. So him being that dynamic of an offensive player, you know, I would say he's more dynamic than James Conner in that sense. So, you know, with his ability to, to not only run the ball, but catch the ball, I, I like that matchup. Joe, thanks for joining us on the Frosty Hotline presented by Ollivander's Wand Shop, makers of fine wands since 382 B.C. Tony, ready for our favorite segment? Let's do it. Let's forecast it up. This is the forecast presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. Now, Tony, unfortunately, our guest picker uh, was going to be Amanda. They are having some flooding issues, so she was not able to join us tonight. So we're going to have to go without a guest picker tonight. But we, uh, I think you and I can hold it down. What do you say? Yeah, I think we can hold down the fort for one night here. So uh, it's def- definitely disappointing not being able to have Amanda on here, especially with uh, you know, Vince and, and me being in the, the game of the week slot. But I'm sure we'll have a chance to get her on later in the season. So, um, yeah, let, let's do it, Derek. All right. So let's go for our first game here. The, the game we were just talking about with Joe. Uh, so Joe Reedy's Footloose Prosthetics going up against Steve Groover's the EBDB B&B. Steve is projected to win this one by 7.8. Tony, you know, I want Joe to win this game because I really want Steve to be knocked off. But at the end of the day, I think Pittsburgh comes back. Juju Smith-Schuster shows up. Uh, Ravens going up against Arizona. Uh, I think it's a much better defense than they played last week. So I'm going to go with Steve on this one. It hurts me, uh, but I think James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Cam Newton all have great games. It's killing me as well, but I think I'm probably going to have to follow suit on this one. Um, you know, just, just from a, a points regression standpoint I, I think joe's team is you know putting up 170 points without their star player uh last week it just just feels like that roster's in for a little bit of regression to the mean this week um still expect this to be a very competitive matchup uh looking at steve's roster you already highlighted some good matchups that he's got and we got lamar jackson going up against the arizona defense this week which is only a little bit better than that Miami defense. This could be another really big outing for Lamar there in his quarterback slot. So I'm going to give the nod to Steve. I think his winning streak continues to go another week. Next, we have Coach Tim Taft's The Green Dragon versus Tyler Kerr's Cyberdyne Systems. Uh, And this one, Tim is favored by just under 10 points at 9.7. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson obviously showed up last week. David Johnson showed up last week. But I, I think, you know, Ty, you know, Todd Gurley can really come back. Uh, Sony Michelle going up against a Miami defense. He's going to be looking to make a make another stand here. And Amari Cooper going up against Washington. Not a very strong uh, defense out there. So uh, this one, I think, is going to be closer than the 10 points. But ultimately, I I do think Tim pulls this one off. I think Deshaun Watson going into Jacksonville, 
Uh, he's going to have a, another big game. Um, Devonte Adams is going to want to make a stand, especially they're going up against Minnesota with the the um, the rivalry there. So I'm going to go with Tim on this. Yeah, I think it's going to be another tough one too. Uh, the, the problem on a on Ty's team right now is just having to deal with your star player Todd Gurley and not really knowing what his usage is going to be week in week out. Um, you know, it's just it's a pretty precarious spot to be in as a as a team manager there. Um, I I'm going to have to go with you again on this one. I think Tim wins again. Uh, some somehow the uh, the Jacksonville defense has just become a shell of themselves in the last two years since that dominant unit that they were in 2017. Uh, everybody's putting up big points on them now. That game against Houston could get really out of hand. I like uh, I like Deshaun Watson to put up a lot of points for Tim again. I like Devontae Adams to bounce back. Um, I, I think I think Tim is going to be able to start this season 2-0, and uh, which makes it look like uh, his squad might be back on track here in 2019. Next up, Kevin Hulix, Youngstown 69ers. Kevin still going with the old team name. Very disappointed. Against Kayla King's prestige worldwide. King is expected to win this game by seven. Uh, and ultimately, I think I'm going to go with that. Uh, Matt Ryan projected for just under 20. I think he's going to be there going up against the Philly defense. Uh, Damian Williams, you know, we keep talking just the guy going up against Oakland. Oakland's defense is, is just having tons of troubles with injuries. So he's projected 14. I think he's going to outperform that. Uh, Julio Jones, we know, is going to be good. K- Travis Kelsey, always good. Julian Edelman going up against a very uh, loose Miami defense and loose as in a lot of holes. So I think that uh, Kalen King pulls this game out. Tony, what do you think? I'm going to be on the opposite side of the coin on this one. I think Kevin, uh, you know, we we ripped his lineup up and down. He, he responded with a big week one I think he does it again in week two you have you have Mark Ingram going up against the Arizona defense who can't stop anybody in the running game that could be a multiple touchdown performance for Ingram Uh, we already mentioned the Jacksonville defense Kevin's got DeAndre Hopkins going up against them that could be another big big night Um, assuming they could probably get him away from Jalen Ramsey a little bit as well from a scheme standpoint um Things, things really were clicking for Kevin there in week one. Um, obviously, uh, he has a, he's relying on some young guys there, Josh Jacobs, Evan Ingram. But I, I like their chances uh, here in back-to-back weeks to put up another strong showing, uh, which I would, would put Kalen in a tough spot starting out the season 0-2. But I, I think Kevin pulls this one out. Our next game here, we have... Two guys that find themselves 0-1 to start the season. Dave's Pestian's super sack versus Charlie Thurber's capital expenditures. Um, Now, new information has come out here just today. We're now recording on Wednesday. Uh, Thurber's tight end, Hunter Henry, uh, is going to be out with a uh, tibia plateau fracture. Could keep him sidelined for four to six weeks, so... Thurber currently does not have a tight end on his roster. Um, and and without that tight end is projected to lose by 25. Throwing a tight end into this mix 
especially off the waiver wire, is not going to give you 25 points of projection, probably not 25 points of actual play. Um, so at this point, you know, Jameis Winston sh- is shaky. If I'm Dave, I'm starting Tom Brady here. Uh, he's going up against Miami, not a very good defense. So uh, I, I imagine I imagine Dave will do that uh, as we get closer to game time here. So I think between Tom Brady, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, you know, we talked about Dave's roster put up a pretty good amount of points, not enough points, but a pretty good amount. Uh, I think that uh, that Dave's going to come out with a victory in this game. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think I think uh, the super sack team just has a little too much to be reckoned with this week for Charlie Thurber's gang. Um, Dave didn't really even get the full Ezekiel Elliott experience there in week one as they started ramping him up slowly. I expect more touches for him this week. Uh, McCaffrey is McCaffrey. He's going to get his uh, with those two steering the ship there. Um and he's got some good young receivers that can put some points on the board as well. I think it could just be a little too much for, for Coach Thurber to uh, go up against. You know, Dave put up 130 points last week in a losing effort. Uh, I could definitely see them putting up that, that amount again this week. So I think he comes out on top this week with it. And Tony, going to our marquee matchup, the game of the week. The battle for the Avery Tape Dispenser. Your nooks and fannies going up against Vince Gorgonzola's Grandpa's Cheese Barn. Tony, this game is neck and neck. Vince is projected to win by 0.6 points. Less than a point difference. Uh, Tony, I know you're not going to pick this game. But uh, what comments do you have going into it here? Uh, definitely a big matchup here for my squad. As you mentioned, these two these two teams that we have here are airtight. Uh, we've both built our teams a little similarly from a roster construction standpoint. Uh, just pulled off a trade in the last uh, week and a half, uh, exchanging tight ends, um, which I, I'm not sure really from a point standpoint uh, made anybody better or worse, really. So, uh, you know, very interesting matchups here on both sides. It's going to be a a big challenge for my squad. Uh, I like, I like their chances to come out and bring that tape dispenser home. Yeah. This game, as I look through it, I mean, Carson Wentz versus Patrick Mahomes. Maybe I think Mahomes takes that. Kamara versus Chubb. Kamara, I think, wins that. Eckler versus Barkley. Toss-up. I imagine Barkley wins that. Odell Beckham versus Kenny Galladay. I think Odell Beckham. Cup versus Locke. I mean, we just keep going down this list, and everybody is neck and neck. Uh, This may come down to kickers. This may come down to defense. I don't don't know who's going to win this game. Uh, but there's one thing that I know for sure, Tony, and that is that I love your misery. So I'm going to go with Vince on this one for that reason, because the game itself is an absolute toss up. So, you know, call me hopeful, but, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for a loss out of team Perenni this week. Brutal. Just brutal to hear from, from my co-host here. Um, you know, maybe I'm going to be getting getting on that airplane and going down to a beach destination for our next trip. 
I'm just going to throw that in your face. You know, maybe you'll be a better co-host. Uh, like Joe is a better fantasy owner. You can go hang out in Cabo. You can hang out in Aruba. That's the thinking. Well, I'll close out our forecast segment presented by Goliath National Bank. Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. Uh, Tony, one last uh, thought here before we close, and that is that I want to just wrap up the Antonio Brown situation. And when I say wrap up, I mean wrap up for our podcast because there really hasn't been a whole lot of information come out since we talked about it last night. Um, I I guess I I expected there to be something that have happened, but really at this point there isn't much. Uh, Bill Belichick says, you know, we're taking the Antonio Brown situation seriously, but waiting to see what what's going on. NFL to give, quote, serious consideration to putting Antonio Brown on the exempt list. Uh, so I, there's a lot, I think, that's going to be coming out here soon as more information comes down. But at this point, uh, you know, A.B. did practice today. Uh and it was his first practice really with the uh, with the Patriots. But it'll be kind of curious to, to see how long this takes to, to really come to fruition. Yeah, this saga is far from over. Um, I, I, I think I expect it eventually to end with him being on the exempt list for a little bit. Um, I think the NFL is kind of dragging their feet with it a little bit just because I don't think they want to come right out and set a precedence that if somebody – um, that that basically people can come out with allegations against people, even if they aren't true and get them off the field. You know, obviously these are very serious allegations and they're being handled as such. And I do expect that he's eventually going to be on the exempt list. But uh, I think, I think the NFL is a little worried about the optics of it too, um, you know, from an internal and external standpoint, but I think eventually, you know, they're going to have to get him off the field here. Uh, even if it's only in the near term. Yeah, and this this always kind of brings up an internal conflict for me. Um, you know, and I know the case is pretty old at this point, but I, I just always go back to the Duke lacrosse case uh, where it turns out, you know, the, the woman was lying and, and it it really kind of screwed up the, obviously the, the college and the uh the sport of lacrosse for those for those players who at the end of the day did not do what they were alleged to have done uh, but at the same time you don't want to use that lens to say well you know everybody here is lying and the the players never do anything wrong because we've seen time and time again that that's not true either and and probably um you know it, it goes more the other way than the duke lacrosse case so, you know, it, it, I think my gut reaction is to overreact on this. And I think we saw that <laughs> based on my response to this yesterday, kind of 24 hours removed from that. You know, I, I understand why you you might want to hold off a little bit. He, he is public enemy number one. Um, this is a prime time for if somebody was going to lie about this, this would be the time to do it. I'm not suggesting that she is lying about it, but it would be the right time if somebody was going to manufacture something. Um, so at the end of the day, you want to make sure you get your facts right before you make any big moves here. But the NFL, 
can't wait forever uh, for facts that may or may not come. And at that point, I don't know what you do with this. Yeah, in our social media society here, we, we have a tendency to just react when things come out. Um, the NFL has to make sure that they aren't a part of that. You know, they, they need to do their due diligence. You know, as you mentioned, it's it's a very delicate situation from a, uh, you know, like a personal standpoint and how you, how you feel about something like this because you, both sides of that track you see happen, you know. Um, these, these situations do happen uh, with athletes. Uh, and um and women unfortunately um the sexual assault things they do happen and on the flip side you also have people that lie about them so it needs to be handled delicately from both sides because right now it's not enough facts to really know um you know what happened here so that's that's why eventually i expect the nfl to just you know buy themselves more time take him off the field for a little bit um, and so they can really do their due diligence here and, and find out what really happened. So I expect that to be where this heads here in the near future. Yeah, you know, the NFL has has pretty much made a, a history of saying, you know, look, we're not we're not the criminal justice system. This isn't innocent until proven guilty. This isn't beyond a reasonable doubt. This is if you bring embarrassment to the shield, we're going to we're going to get you in trouble and we're going to suspend you. We're going to fine you. We're going to do whatever we need to do to maintain the integrity of the league. You know, this isn't the criminal justice system. So that's where I, I don't know if this will ever, you know, I don't know if Antonio Brown will ever see jail time or anything like that. I just don't know if there's going to be enough facts to really go off of. Um, I expect the NFL will do something. The question is when, and and what to what extent is Antonio Brown punished for this? Yeah, I'm sure then in the coming weeks we're going to see a lot more come out on this. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where the next twists and turns in this story goes. Um, if if I'm if I'm Dave and I have Antonio Brown in my lineup, I'm probably looking around to see what else I can do in that receiver spot because I think there's a good chance. Uh, you're going to miss some significant games with him in there. Um, you know, Dave's just got to be ready for whatever at this point. Um, if if the last couple weeks weren't annoying enough for him and not knowing what's going on, you know, this latest twist is definitely not going to make him feel any better. Yeah. No, that's for sure. All right, Tony, that'll wrap up week two of the Frosty Podcast. Uh, next week, we're going to be looking back over the games from week two and get ready for week three. Hopefully, our celebrity guest picker does not have house flooding issues and will be able to join us. Uh, so make sure you catch us next time. On behalf of Steel Valley Media, he's Tony Perenni. I'm Derek Frost. Enjoy the NFL this week, guys.